As a sales manager, you are judged by the performance of your team and you're praised when they do well. But one thing that you've not been able to figure out is how to get everyone on your team consistently hitting quota every single month. On the Snack Size Sales Podcast, we discuss the science of selling STEM. Sales leadership in the science, technology, engineering, and manufacturing fields is difficult. You will learn from sales managers just like you that will give you actionable insights and tips on how to develop as a leader and achieve your revenue targets every single month. So pop your headphones in and get ready to listen to my guests today. They will give you information and inspiration to ensure that you have actionable insights that you can put into place today. Hello, and thank you for joining. This month, we have a very, very special feature. It is going to be Women in Sales. I am so excited about my first guest, Jennifer Clark. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Let me tell you guys a little bit more about Jennifer. She is the Vice President of Sales and Account Relationship Management for CAI. She has 18 years of experience in regulated industry. She held positions as a consultant where she provided services for Merck, GSK, Biogen, and others. Jennifer is passionate about people. She enjoys spending time getting to know individuals and help solve their problems. That's not a typical bio I get from sales leaders. So tell me, how did you start your career and how did you get to where you are today? So I feel like I have a pretty unique story. I started being indoctrinated into the pharmaceutical and the biotech industries when I was a kid. My dad worked for Glaxo and it just kind of spiraled from there, if you will. And when I went to go to college, it was there was an option of basically get an engineering degree or get an engineering degree in my household because my parents wanted to raise two independent women. I have a sister who also did engineering at NC State as well. And so I just kind of rolled with it a little bit and got my engineering degree from NC State. And while I was there, I participated in some industry activities in an organization called ISPE. My dad was a part of it. And so I went to a couple of their annual meetings and I talked to everyone and just kind of felt out what was out there, what the options were. And I think my unique personality of having an engineering degree and being so personable has really helped set my course of having a sales role. So you went in college, you had this great um, experience and you're like, I'm a people person. I don't want to be in front of a computer working with widgets. Like I tell people, I was like in the lab talking to my instruments and my pellets. And I was like, yeah, this is not my life. (laughs) So what was that transition like for you to say, okay, I'm an engineer, but I don't want to use my degree in the traditional framework. So kind of like you just explained, flip it to working on a construction site, going to work in my jeans and steel toe boots. I loved it and I wasn't passionate about it. And people are truly my passion. And I had some great, great people through this organization, ISPE, that I knew. And they're like, wait a minute, this is a better fit for you. And so they recruited me to come over to CAI 10 years ago now 
and join um, as a engineering role and as a salesperson. So it was it was an invitation to explore something different, and I jumped at it. So in 10 years, you started at the company, and now you're the vice president of sales. Tell us about how did you start just as an individual contributor, and how did you make that journey upwards? It wasn't easy. <laughs> um, we didn't have a sales organization when I joined the company. There was one other woman who was doing sales. And it was never to the satisfaction of our engineering colleagues, engineering-minded colleagues, if you will. And so we took a lot of time educating, talking about relationships, doing training after training, trying to communicate, this is how you talk to people. This is how you show empathy for people. This is how you really listen to them to be able to help solve their problems and help create solutions with them and not necessarily for them. So we trudged an uphill battle for a while. And it wasn't that they didn't want the sales organization. It was just, you know what you know, kind of thing. And so just little by little, my, my mantra is to keep going. And you just keep going and you just little by little, you you drop a seed here, you drop a seed there. We need this. We need this. And I tell this story. My CEO five years ago asked me, where do you see yourself in five years in our organization? And at that point, I was a regional business development individual contributor. And I said, as VP of sales. And he said, that's not on my org chart. And I said, I know. And it, it will need to be in five years. And it was literally five years later that I got my promotion to VP of sales and account management. That is amazing. You literally kind of spoke to into existence what you wanted to happen. I was on a, a call recently and we were doing some goal setting and somebody's like, well, I, I think I, I want to make about $300,000 each month for the rest of the year. And I said, okay, about, I said, let's put some action behind that, right? I will make, and you said, I will be, and your words came to fruition. So you mentioned something that's a bit unique. You said you and one other woman were pretty much the sales organization. So tell me about that dynamic, a very, I'm assuming an engineering company that is a very technical company with two women trying to run sales. How did that, how was that? Tough. <laughs> um, it was it was good. It was definitely a challenge. Again, men and women are different. We think differently. We act differently. We ask different questions. We use different tones. And that all matters. And that all matters when you're talking to clients. It matters when you're talking to your own team. And I think we brought a gift to the organization, if you will, in just softening some of those ways we create relationships and how we expand relationships and how we could serve our clients better. And it is a woman's touch. And I have to tell you, we have a lot of male business development people now. And I think it's a, it's just a trend that there's not enough women out there wanting or taking that risk to be in these leadership positions and to take on the unfamiliar. It's something that I hope this podcast and, and what you're doing this month is really going to help encourage and inspire other women to just take that leap into something that they're not familiar with. 
And so why don't you share some tips, right? Because one thing that you said was softening the approach. And so I think a lot of times as women in sales, women in sales leadership, we talk about softening the approach without being soft, right? It's like the balance. And so what would you say would be your, your greatest tip when somebody is really trying to, maybe they're just breaking into leadership or they're in an organization that is very male dominated, how can they soften the approach? I think you have to stand your ground. And I know I'm talking about soften your approach, but stand your ground. And sometimes you got to dig your heels in because you're confident that your approach is correct. And you're confident that your approach is going to help advance that sale, advance the business, advance sales in your organization as a team. And I think that just continuing to use your personality and use your your voice, you know, saying things over and over again, kind of like Leoncioni says, chief repeating officer, seven times, you've got to communicate, this is the right approach. And this is the right way to do this. And I also think you have to, you got to have thick skin. I know I say things as a woman, that if a man said them, they would be totally different. You know, we get called bossy, we get called too assertive. And yet, if our male counterparts said the same thing, then they're, they're getting promotions, you know? So I think in order to get into my seat, you have to be confident and you have to stand your ground and you have to have a, you have to have thick skin because it hurts. Don't get me wrong. There's been plenty of tears also in my career. And I just, I keep going because like you said, I am going to be the VP of sales one day. And this year that happened because of my hard work and just the, the perseverance to overcome some of those stigmas that are out there. You know, so I'm taking this course right now um, and it's called, uh, it's, it's Women in Leadership and they call mm. it the double bind, right? So it's on one side, you get penalized for being too soft, not speaking up, not doing all of these things. But then on the other side, you get penalized for being too bossy or too assertive, right? So I know as I was going up the ladder in my career, I always had to find the balance, right? And I think that, you know, when you're in the boardroom and you're the <laughs> only woman in the boardroom, you have to assert yourself. You have to say those things in order to get your initiatives passed. But maybe when you're in a one-on-one -on -one with your boss, you don't have to be as assertive, right? And so I think it's that balance. So help the listeners understand how you were able to really strike that balance in your career where you said, hey, 10 years ago, I entered this company. I did something they'd never done, starting a sales organization. And now I am at the top of the sales org chart, creating a position for myself. There's no secret formula. For all the ladies listening, there is no secret formula. You have to find the balance that works with the culture of your organization and your industry. And so for me, I'm in biotech, pharma, and data centers. That's a lot of men. And so I get uncomfortable walking into rooms. And so sometimes I know if I'm going to a new meeting and I know the demographics of who's going to be there, I get a wingman. And sometimes, a lot of times it's a man, you know, and building those internal relationships with your, your own team members can be your greatest asset. 
It was some of the best advice I got from my last boss was your internal network is your best resource. So finding out who your advocates are, who your champions are, and I still balance. I still call and ask permission from my boss sometimes. And, you know, he gives me great advice and he's a huge champion. And I call other people and ask them their advice. Not that I'm looking for consensus. I'm just looking for different ideas of how to balance this person's personality. And we do, we do a lot of disc profiling within our organization. And so we also try to, you know, as, as best you can, disc profile our clients and who we're talking to. And there are some people that you're not going to win over. And I am 100% a-okay turning that relationship over to my male counterpart because it's for the business, you know, and I'm, I'm not in the business of changing people's minds. I'm not in the business of trying to get people to see me differently. And so you've, you just find that it's a delicate balance and sometimes you're going to tip over and I've tipped over plenty of times and you just have to keep going. You get right back up and you keep doing what you know you should be doing to advance your organization and yourself. So thinking about your innate characteristics, some of the things that you um, talked about, how has that helped you as a leader? I think as a leader, one of the things I do for myself is I empower myself. I want the best for me. I want the best for my company. And I think that the culture is so important because if I didn't work at a firm that was transparent and that was accepting and that did promote conversation and conflict and feedback that we wouldn't be in the same, I wouldn't be here. If that wasn't a piece of what was important to me within my personal journey of my professional development, I ran a region with my male counterpart. And I was just telling somebody else's story today. We would go in and do one-on-ones and we would meet with the same people. They would just meet with me for 15, 20 minutes and they would meet with him for 15 or 20 minutes. And we had a shared one note of kind of the notes that we took and how we could go back and support them better. And he'd be like, they didn't tell me that. They didn't share that with me. And so I think some of those characteristics of active listening and just being a sympathetic ear when people just want to talk and letting them talk and letting them share is really important. And I think internally that works and externally with your clients, your clients want somebody to listen to their problems. They don't want you to create a solution for them. They want to create a solution with you. And so I think the trade of collaboration and that more women more innately want to work together as a group and want to make sure that you're that you're driving forward while you're doing that is really important. So share with us some of those moments in your your career when you're like, you know what? I thought I liked sales, but uh, maybe not so much. <laughs> Let me go back to, to being <laughs> with my hard hat on. Give us some of those examples. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can say it here. Um, no, I I haven't had a moment that I don't want to do the sales part. Sometimes I don't want to deal with the people. The same reason I love my job. Sometimes you're just like, <laughs> man, if I put my hard hat on and I went back in the field, I at least know what I'm going to get. And when you're dealing with clients and you're traveling, you're doing all these things, you, you never know. And the flip side of that is that's the exciting part of the job. I love a challenge. And I, I think that's why I am where I am today. Because when you tell me no, that makes me work 
two or three times as hard to go back and get a yes. And it's, it's fun. Sales is fun. I mean, I can't, I mean, I can imagine doing other things. I also am going to be the CEO of my own empire one day. And my husband and I are working on those plans right now. And so it is just set those intentions, set those goals. And you should never wake up and say, you don't want to do sales anymore. And if you do get out now, (laughs) I tell people when I got into sales, I finally figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up. And Mm -hmm. I love everything about sales. I literally like, I tell people I could do this all the time, every day. Sometimes I'm, at church or at the grocery store. I'm at these random places and people say something. I'm like, oh, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Oh, you should do this, right? It's like, I'm telling them how to sell out, how to sell themselves. Even like people who are interviewing for jobs. I'm like, you're just selling yourself, right? And so it's just, I love everything about it, but you're right. There are some times that we just need to breathe. And I know when we first connected, you were like, yeah, today's my day. Like this is my Woosah day and I'm not talking to anyone. So I was like, yay, (laughs) I got on your calendar on your day. I'm not talking to anyone. Right. And that's what we have to do for ourselves, right. For our own mental health. We Mm. have to make sure that, Hey, I'm okay. I'm taking some time for me. Oh, that is so important. So very important. I, I have a daughter who has anxiety. And I am continually coaching her, take a minute, take a breath, communicate, over communicate when you need a minute. Because when you're in sales, you are on all the time. I'm on at the pool because I live in a neighborhood where lots of our clients live. So that's awkward. I'm on when I go with my husband on a date because we live in a community where there is a ton of people that I know because I'm good at my job. So I know everybody, you know, around this area in my industry, and then you don't have that minute to turn off. And we need that minute to turn off. I had a call with one of my team members and I was sighing, deep sighing. And she's like, what's wrong? And I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed. I have a lot going on. And she's like, oh, I don't want to bother you. And I'm like, no, you're not bothering me. I want to help you. And we talked for about 45 minutes and we talked a little bit about work little bit about life. She gave me a tour of her construction of her house and the puppy. And then she said, you need to go meditate for 15 minutes. And I did. I shut everything off, put my phone in airplane mode, turned the Wi-Fi off. And I went and took a minute for me because I needed it. And I was much better for my job and for my clients and for my family when I got done with that 15 minutes. I love it. I love it. Really having some me time, right? Just and I love that you have that relationship with people on your team where it's, it's a two-way street, right? So yeah, I'm the manager and I'm supposed to be helping you achieve a goal, but you can also tell me, hey, take a chill pill, take 15 minutes, and you're not like, oh no, I'll just push through it. Okay, let me actually take this advice because I think you know what you're talking about. So you're relatively new to um, your position. Tell me about what are some of the aha moments that you've had since you've been in this new position? There's a lot to be done. (laughs) (laughs) Never ending. And um, I think some of the aha moments are you, just like any leader, not just a sales leader, any leader of a vertical in your organization, there is a lot to be done. And there are a lot of people to nurture because at least for us, we're a consulting firm. And we support each other heavily. 
So I don't just have the sales team that is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to teach sales and business development and about our services to our entire company. So I've, I've learned how to work smarter, not harder. We had some stuff earlier in the year and I'm just like, I can't call 12 people at eight o'clock at night and give them an update. Mm. It's just not possible because I'm interrupting them. It's going to take time away from my family. I'm like, I'm going to make a video. So I literally set my cell phone down, videoed myself and sent them all a text and they appreciated that. They were okay with that. And so I think sometimes as sales leaders, relax that expectation to be perfect and to deliver everything. That is something that we all men and women put on ourselves. And so finding ways to manage my time has been always a problem. Let's just get real here. <laughs> Find one salesperson that has the perfect system and um, I would love to hire you. Um, I just, I don't think it exists. And so we just have to figure out how to manage best what we can control. That is what I, my mentors in and outside of my organization constantly, Jen, focus on what you can control. And so that's how I started this week. And I'm just like, I gotta, this is what I gotta do. And you just kind of rely on others to help you get that done. And that's something that I did not do as much until there was so much to do because we are, we're new in the sales organization, if you will. You know, we've had salespeople, everybody's a salesperson. We do lots of those things, but a formal sales organization, we're just a few years into having 15 people doing business development as their full-time job. And so relying on them more and delegating, they're kicking butt. Let me tell you, you may not think they're capable and you're letting them down and you're letting yourself down if you don't give them a chance. And so I think all great leaders learn how to delegate when they have so much responsibility and so many things that they need to do. And um, I don't know if I told you this, I'm also in grad school. So I, you know, if I have a free 15 minutes, I'm working on my homework. You know, I, I called my boss two nights ago and I'm like, I can't figure this question out. I think this is the answer, you know, and that's the family that we have at CAI. This isn't a commercial for CAI, but you got to work in an organization that you feel is your family. You know, that when you say, I need a minute, they give you that minute and they show you that grace. And I think women try to, a lot of times we take on way more because my job responsibilities say this, all these things I got to get done. And sometimes it just doesn't get done and you have to be okay with that. And you got to prioritize and really focus on what's this week's priority or what's this month or these 90 days and how are we going to accomplish these goals and, and help our teammates accomplish these goals in our case, just for the betterment of the organization. Wow. That's awesome. And to say that you haven't even hit your one year anniversary in this role, <laughs> I think all of those learning lessons and really, you know, it's the, everyone in the organization is the salesperson. So let me infuse that throughout the organization, help everyone understand that. And then delegation, because a lot of times when you become a sales manager, you want to do the sales job that you love so much still, right? And so it's hard to let some of those things go because that's where you got your passion from. But really saying, you know, I just, I can't do everything. 
Like, I just can't do it. And so, hey, I need you to help. And I think that really where you'll start to see your joy is like when you see your team members, they're doing the things that you coach them on. They're actually living, walking, breathing. You're like, oh, those are mini me's. That's that's kind of what I call myself. People like, oh, look at the mini me's. Oh my goodness, they're saying that thing. Oh, they're doing that thing. That's mm-hmm. kind of how you start to get your joy as a sales manager. It is. I love everybody we work with. And you you also have to have that element of trust when you're working with that team and, and they have to trust you and you have to trust them. And, and then you can get business done, mm-hmm. you know? So if you're having trouble, go back to that root cause and understand what is this that is causing these things to happen and kind of do your root cause analysis and, and figure that out. And something that we're doing starting next month actually is we have a new employee orientation. So everybody that comes through or starts at CAI goes through new employee orientation, no matter where you are in the world. And so starting next month, I'm going to start talking about account relationship management and selling solutions to our clients and how we do that. And it's going to be a little, you know, baby steps kind of thing. And we're just going to start creating that culture from day one of our employees joining us in order because... No matter where you are right now, ladies, if you have a job, you're busy and you need help. And so what better way than to train everybody on on how to help advance your organization and advance that sale? Exactly. Like take all the knowledge, all of those things that you have built up for so many years and really imparted upon the organization. And I really like what you guys are doing because one place that companies fail, yes, I'm going to say fail, is they give the employees all this technical knowledge, even in the sales organization. It's like, okay, here are all the product things. Here's here's how you sell it. But they don't actually teach you, how do I actually pick up the phone and have a conversation with somebody and it's not so focused on our technology how do i convert them like those skills and so even just giving the basics of this is what sales is this is what account management is when somebody calls in they're you're not like doing them a favor when you they say can you send me this document you're not doing them a favor that is actually a sales task right like all of those little things that people don't get so i think that is awesome The other question I have for you or something I want you to share with us, tell me in your career, sales, sales leadership, what is the greatest success that you've had? What is the thing that you are most proud of accomplishing? Oh my gosh. I'm going to give you two answers, internal and external. Internally, I would say helping create and really being a driving force into creating a marketing and sales organization in an organization that for a long time didn't think we needed it. And that's not a slam against CAI. Most engineering services firms are very seller-doer model. And there is just so much work on the table. So if you want more of the market share, you have to have dedicated business and economic development folks to go help win that work. So I think building those organizations and one of the women that I hired as a sales court or as a marketing coordinator, she's now our marketing manager I'm no longer in charge of marketing and our VP of marketing, who's been one of my dear friends and mentors the past 10 years, they're crushing it. So it is joyful to see that, you know, I got us to here and now he's taking us up here and it's awesome. And obviously the sales organization and having a seat at the table, 
I was always around the table, but now I'm at the table and I have the board's attention and I have other people's attention within our organization that we're serious. We're serious about sales. We're serious about building our teams. We're serious about building relationships and delivering to our clients. And this is how we all do it together. So that's my internal. And then my external, I don't know if I told you this either, I am also an account manager. So I am an account manager for the past six years of a CDMO. And they decided over the past 12 months and into the next 12 to 24 months, they're going to spend over $2 billion in capital all over the world. And so that's a lot. And I built relationships the past six years all over the world with these people. I had no idea if it was ever going to come to fruition. I was doing my job. I was traveling. I was meeting. I was introducing our operations team on the ground, our local people to their local people. I was meeting the corporate folks and our business with them this year has probably at least tripled so far what we were awarded last year. So it's It makes me proud to know that, you know, time away from my family, time not getting this other thing done that I needed to get done because I was spending time with them, it paid off. You know, it's one of those things you never know when someone's going to add value to your life. You never know when someone's going to need you and you need to help present that solution to them. And then, I mean, inevitably make that sale. And it's for me, I think why I am successful. I'm genuine. I care about these people. I know their pets' names. I know their wives or their husbands' names. I always invite, and as a woman, this is a really good tip. If you're taking a group of men out to dinner, one, bring your husband or your boyfriend or your partner. Two, invite their spouse or their partner. Even if they can't join you, just extending that opportunity. I have a... um, He's my friend now, you know, we, we started in this ISP organization together locally and we became friends and he likes red wine and his wife likes white wine. And when I go and we're doing something or it's the holidays, he gets red wine and I buy her a bottle of white wine. And it's, it's just those little things that show that genuine you care and people want to do business with people they like, period. Again, if you're in business right now, you're more than capable. You've got those technical skill sets. It's those being responsive, you know, creating that assurance for them that you're going to be able to do what you say you're going to do and give them that confidence and being reliable and showing that empathy. It's, it's important. And especially right now, people are noticing and wanting to do business with those folks. I love it. Wow. you Those are two great successes that you share. I don't even know how you have time to, to sleep or eat or do anything in school, VP of sales, account manager. I know you have kids and you're married. I mean, it's like you have all of these things and you're, you're juggling these balls. You, you don't look like you're sleep deprived. You're not upset. And so I think that one of the big takeaways for the audience is, and something that I like to say is, you do what's important to you. We make time for what's important to us. And all of those things are bringing value to your life. They're making your life feel rich and they're making you feel 
like Jen, right? And I think at the mm -hmm. end of the day, that's what we want as women, as people. We want to feel whole and we do whatever we need to do, whether that's saying, hey, I need to take 12 months off because I want to be at home with my kids or that I'm going to travel the world and I'm going to be in an airplane every single week because that's what I enjoy doing. And so one thing that I want to leave with the audience is never feel guilty. Don't feel guilty about the choices that you're making because those choices that you're making are making you whole as a woman, as a man, as a person. So remove that guilt and do what you need to do to make yourself feel whole. So thank you so much, Jen. If people want to get in contact with you, tell me how do they do that? So I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Jennifer Laria Clark. Please reach out to me. I am happy to talk to you. If you send me a LinkedIn message, I am happy to give you a half hour on my schedule. I will make time. I think it's really important to share our knowledge, share our experiences, and help empower others, men or women. I am happy to talk to you. Um, doesn't matter. And I will, I will support you however I can. Thank you so, so much. This has been an amazing episode. And I really thank you for kicking off our month of Women in Sales. And be sure that you guys tune in every single Wednesday this month so that you can hear more women in sales leadership sharing their tips, their techniques, and their war stories. And that was another episode. Be sure to check us out at transformsales.com backslash podcast. And remember, in everything that you do, transform your sales. Until next time. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me, your bank account will grow and love you.